Today's episode of the Strength Talk podcast, hosted by UpDoc Media, is brought to you by the Arc from Verve. If you want to improve your posture, the Arc has you covered. Developed by a physical therapist, designed by an engineer, made in the USA, the Arc is going to improve your posture and relieve that neck and back pain once and for all. What is up, guys? Welcome to the brand new Strength Doc podcast, hosted by UpDoc Media, with me, Dr. John Russin. I want to get one thing clear. This is not going to be your average fitness podcast, and I'm sure as hell not your run-of-the-mill strength coach. What is going on, guys? Dr. John Russin back, bringing you the brand new episode of the Strength Doc Podcast, hosted by UpDoc Media. Today, I have quite the episode for you with my guest, Luca Hosevar. Luca is one smart guy when it comes to training, but also when it comes to the business of fitness. So we're going to be talking about everything training and business related, how to use leadership to your advantage, and building your niche and your culture to create your ultimate path in the fitness industry. Let's get right to this conversation, guys, with Luca Hosevar. What's going on, guys? Dr. John Russin back with a brand new episode of the Strength Doc Podcast hosted by UpDoc Media. Today, we're going to change things up a little bit and have not only a great coach, but a great business mind in the fitness industry with us. Luca Hosevar is here. What's going on, man? You got my name right. I love it already, man. (laughs) Oh, your name right. Man, we were together a couple months ago out in San Francisco uh, speaking at a conference together. So if I fuck that one up, you know, it was probably game over. It, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how many have got it wrong, but it's all good though. <laughs> Dude, I'll jump on uh, podcasts all the time, and people always butcher my name because you know Russin and Rusin. It's said totally different than it's spelled, and they're always reading like the bylines on the articles. But when it comes down to saying it, everyone always messes it up. So I've started like in every single video that I'll put out there, I always say my name just so I can hopefully get the point across that it is Russin. But dude, I'm I'm glad to have you on today. I know you uh, moved a lot of things around on your schedule to be here with us and I appreciate that but before we get going I just want to get a little bit on your background and how you've made it to the point that you're currently at out in Seattle doing amazing things with your gym with your business and everything else so give us like the the quick rundown yeah I'll I'll do the quick rundown so this is gonna be speedy all right so I'm uh I was born and raised in Slovenia actually back then it was still Yugoslavia and uh Basketball was my life uh, for for uh, almost two decades. Uh, so, you know, that kind of got me into, let's just say, sport uh, and, and, and also strength and conditioning. When I was 14, my mom opened a gym, uh, kind of was her second job, like not really profitable, but I started living in the gym, lifting weights. That kind of showed me like, wow, if you lift weights, you can actually get stronger, jump higher, do all these different things. And from there, I, I, I was fortunate to train under some great coaches, uh, also a track and field coach, uh, the Sergeant Georgievich who trained Marilyn Adi and Brigitte Bukovic, like, uh, you know, Olympic medalists and stuff. So, which was really kind of my, my, uh, step into, you know, high level strength and conditioning. And I started falling in love with like learning, uh, and just seeing that, like, you know, I, I was not genetically, uh, I would say super gifted, but if I put in the work, I'd get the results, you know? So that was, that was huge for me. I, I ended up going to the States, um, on a basketball scholarship, so I did two two years in upstate New York, two years in Southern Virginia, uh, and then ended up going playing pro uh, for about three and a half years in Europe. Uh, in the, in the time that I was I was uh, playing, I also kind of started going deep into uh, uh, training people, just as, like as a passion on the side. I, 
I trained. I actually, <laughs> I actually got hired to train my pro basketball team right in strength and conditioning programs for them because my coach was like, hey, who does your training? And I was like, oh, like <laughs> this is what I study because I was about 206 pounds. And, I mean, which is kind of my weight now, but I could, you know, I could, I could dunk, jump really high, like all of that good stuff. And uh, they, they thought I had a coach and they were just like, well, what if we pay you to write our program? I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> Player yeah, coach like, combo. Yeah, it was a combo. So I was like, I was, I was, I was loving this stuff. And, uh, and then I wrote some, uh, articles for magazines and, and, and people started blowing me up. So I started training a lot. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, it got back then actually we're doing a lot of stuff, uh, very Zach Ivanesh underground style. Cause we, we didn't have a gym. So we're doing kettlebells and yeah. ropes and conditioning outside. And it just start, kind of like create, started creating this culture to where, uh, you know, I, I went to my brother and I was look, man, like we got to do something. And and at this point in time, this is important to, to say, like at this point in time in Slovenia, there was no personal training industry per se. So you couldn't look at a, a you know, at a coach in a country and go like, oh, I want to be like him because he's famous and makes money. And yeah, like it just didn't exist. You pretty much had a job and did PT on the side, uh, you know, so. And I was like, look, I just got this gut feeling. We got to open uh, a spot that does, you know, I, I hate to say the word, but I think everybody will get it if I say functional training. <laughs> uh, but, and, um, you know, I finally convinced him and we did. It was like a 470 square foot room. Uh, and, you know, we started packing that. And within months, uh, we kind of outgrew it and started getting a space that was about 3,000 square feet. And then, so in that meantime, I, you know, I, I got married and that's when I started basically came over to the states uh so this is where the story a little bit changes so our gym there you know from the time we started it uh same thing we've been open almost for 10 years now it's uh uh it's an eleven thousand square foot place we, wow. know, we train the top athletes in the country we got 500 members um so it's, it's it's pretty great and but i i came here and had to kind of start from ground zero nobody knew me i had to do the la fitness spiel the you know the big box gyms um and so I worked out for a couple of years and and, uh, and put in hours. And then uh, when I was at this place called Vision Quest, I started my own garage gym, which is like a thousand square feet dungeon, no windows, no signs, no nothing. And so in the morning, I'd go train there and then do a 12, 13, 14 hour day at a big box gym, come back, train athletes uh, and did that for about a year and a half and then start, started weaning out. Uh, you know, we were there for about three years, uh, outgrew it, went into the 5,000 square foot space. I mean, now, which we've been in for five years and, uh, you know, we just bought a 11,000 square foot building down the street, which our goal is to go, uh, into by September, October. So, I mean, that's like the real short gist. Yeah. I could probably spend like a, a day on each part of that story, <laughs> but, but, uh, I try to keep it, keep it quick. Yeah, man. This, the thing that sticks out to me was that everyone needs to hear this again because you were literally training the best of the best over in Slovenia. You know, NBA caliber basketball players, uh, the top athletes in the country. And you came over here and you literally didn't bitch and moan. You went to an L.A. fitness and just worked your way back up. Most people would be like, fuck that. You know, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to think I'm too better for this, too good for this, and just not do anything. And it'll really just stagnate a career. But it sounds like you just went in, you knew what you had to do, and you just grinded out the hours, just trying to get your name out there, and then just built it back up from there. I mean, I, I just needed to get my foot in the door. And, you know, the thing is, is, like, I think at any point in time when you start feeling like somebody owes you something, it's game over, right? Because yeah. it's like, well, I did this, or I'm that, or I know this. 
but you got to show the world, you know, and, and you got to just keep doing it until there's no doubt, right? I mean, and it, I mean, it, it was it was sucky because I, you know, I put I put sixty hours on the schedule just to like get my my minimum wage and then do all the <laughs> stuff around it, um, you know. But it's it, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like the chip on the shoulder. I think in my life I've kind of always had this chip on my shoulder since the basketball days because. I was the kid that never got picked. Like I was short, you know, and I, I, I didn't have some crazy genetics and it made me work harder, you know? So, so I think a lot of times the things that people point out as, you know, their weakness is actually a, a, it's a gift in a way, right? Because I look back and I go like, well, what if I wasn't like that? Would I work as hard? Would I, you know, not, would I push as hard? Like would, would when people th- say things to me, would it still fuel me the way that it does in a good way rather than, you know, beating me down? Um, and sometimes I think you got to take these things that I think some people think are negative and look at them as gifts, right? Because somebody that was given a lot, would they be working as hard? I don't know, right? It's hard to say. Yeah, it's always that cost to opportunity. Opportunities can be positive or negative in nature, but it's all about what you do with it. But, you know, it makes me question do you think you just had something within you? You know, we know all these very, very successful people out there and they're successful in multiple endeavors in their life. It's almost the way they do one thing is the way they do everything. You think people are just built like that or you can kind of ingrain it when you get an athlete in or a client in? Can you, can you hone that in the gym or in your business skills? You can, I mean, you can definitely ingrain it. And I think that it, it comes down to beliefs and values. And, you know, I, I look back and I go like, I had a really, really, kind of like rough route even through basketball like I mean it was you know nobody really thought that I'd ever make it to college and then in college nobody ever thought I'd make it to the pros and you know in 2004 I think it was 2004 or 5 I, I went out to the Southern Cali uh, NBA Summer Pro League and it was like you know two two free agent teams which is 24 spaces and 508 players were basically playing to get those 24 spots um, and I made that too and it was like man you know those characteristics so work ethic discipline right I mean things like uh, loyalty not giving up all these different things were ingrained and then they carry over to anything else that you do right so I think that's such a huge component of it is the is the values and belief systems that you hold because then you can you know go laterally and go from okay from sport to business to this to that um, I, I will say one thing uh, and I kind of agree with this with uh, with Gary Vaynerchuk, who you know says that everybody's not made to be an entrepreneur, and that I do believe. I think that certain people, I think everybody can be successful in their own right. I I, I honestly believe that, right? If if you do the work and you just you know turn as many corners as you need to, uh, that you will succeed. But th- is everybody made for business? I don't think so, uh, and I think. I mean, reality shows that in general, but I think some people have entrepreneurial traits, but I don't think everybody is made to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I, I hope that answers the question, right? Because I because I do think the the values that are instilled, and you can you can help change somebody's values. That's why I'm, I, I love training younger athletes, because you know if I spend enough time with them, you can kind of chip away at maybe some of their limiting beliefs. Um, in in and one of the great things that. You know, my friend Martin Rooney was always telling me, like, when, when they were doing all the combine stuff with the NFL guys. And he said, look, we didn't do any, like, we didn't do any, like, crazy tricks. Like, we didn't, you know, there was no secret uh, sauce in the training. Like, it was just smart training. But he was like, the number one thing is, like, I made them believe that they can do it. Yeah. 
And if you can help somebody believe that they can do something that they didn't believe, I mean, shit, that in itself is priceless. Yeah, that internal self-confidence and just the belief in what you're doing is going to yield the benefit that you think it's going to give is huge because there's a lot of hours, there's a lot of days, months, years that's just on the grind and it's not the sexiest of things, especially in training, you know, doing the same things over and over and over again, practicing a skill set and developing a base. You know, this isn't awesome stuff. You know, it's not going to excite everyone, but the people that get the most out of it are the ones that do grind away and they make it in every single time and they get mostly everything out of it. But then it comes down to having the perseverance to push through the belief in what you're doing. And that's really the biggest thing that I've seen with uh, you know some of the pro guys that I work with that separate the okay from the ones that are great, the ones that stay in the, in the league for a decade or so. You know, it's just the belief that what they're doing is going to make the ultimate difference and provide what they need it to provide. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I think uh, even back in the day, like uh, when, you know, Jim Wendler's 531 came out, it was one of those things that was super simple. It was too simple to be sexy. And (laughs) it was all about the belief in the system. And if you believed in it long enough to make it through that entire cycle, like all of a sudden, like, boom, man, your weights went up. You're just feeling good. Your mobility was great. But a lot of people just fizzled out and you you look at it a decade later and you're like, wow, you know, (laughs) a lot of people could have done some really good things. But, you know, when we talk about athletics, I think one of the biggest attributes that, uh, you know, youth athletics, then going up into the college sector, it provides for some of the athletes that are involved is uh, a form of leadership, you know, an opportunity to hone the skills of leadership, especially when it comes down to uh, transitioning your career from being an athlete to a coach and then ultimately to an entrepreneur. Is that something that you've seen too with uh, your days in basketball, but then transitioning your career? For sure, 100%. I mean, like <clears throat> leading teams and, and uh, you know, whether it's being a captain and whether it's being the person that uh, people look, you know, look to that definitely transfers over. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, a, as I move forward, I'm constantly learning and uh, always realizing that certain things I'm not as good as that I thought that I was. And th- these are all good things, right? I mean, uh, it, in, in life, it's, it's one of those things. If, you, if you're like, oh, I'm the shit, I'm the shit, and you're not humble enough to be open to, you know, to get slapped in the face by, by life or business or something that goes like, hey, listen, maybe you're not as good as you, you thought you were. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah. It, you know, but the thing is, is that like sports definitely gave me a foundation uh, to kind of prepare me for leadership. Because I do think that in business, the hardest thing uh, and like by far is the management of people yep. and the leadership of people by far. You know, people say like, oh, what's the hard, you know, lead generation, this, that. The other. I'm like, man, it, you will not know what's hard until you build a team um, and, you know, you put yourself like in that role of growing that team understand that team being compassionate empathetic but then you know knowing when to push knowing when to be empathetic you know knowing who's right and wrong and all these different things man like that's by far the most difficult thing in business if you ask me no i mean you've done it though you've done it very successfully i mean you have your gym out in in, uh, seattle and how many people are on your team right now uh so besides me uh there is five other people when it's it's kind of growing we had a couple people to leave, so we we were at like eight and nine, uh, but we're at me plus five. Uh, we're probably gonna bring one or two more on, 
uh, especially with the expansion in September. So it's a pretty decent-sized team. Absolutely. Now, when you go through the process of bringing on a new team member, what are the attributes of uh, you know people's personalities, uh, what they bring to the table that you look at most to synergize with what you guys are already doing, which is killing it out there? Okay, man, this is a great question <laughs> because I literally was uh, going over this saying, all right, you know, I have to be very, very clear on what are the main things uh, when it comes to, to bringing somebody on. And it's personality, energy, work ethic, willingness to learn, loyalty. You know, I like that too because when you think about coaches and personal trainers in the fitness industry, everyone wants to make it all about the X's and O's, right? But you didn't mention one of those things because that's something that can be taught. That's something that can be exactly. developed. Yes, exactly. And that's and that's my like, I'm I love teaching and I love helping somebody develop. So the part of you know because they're like so you don't give a shit about if they I'm like nope. Like there's so many you know, there's so many examples I've I've seen things uh, or or people, you know, been taught the wrong. Let's just call them the wrong things. And if you bring somebody in with experience, but it's it's not what you believe in, you have double the work because now you gotta like kind of take them away from what they believe now to something else, right? Where if you get somebody that has the attributes I just talked about, but they're a sponge, like man, I can really develop them and help them, you know, kind of be part of the system that we believe in, um, rather than like oh, but well, I was taught this and I was taught this and I was taught that. And look, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying if you have if you're developing your own team with your own philosophies, um, you know, it, it, it makes much more sense to have these values and attributes and then which is a great foundation. And then you stack the knowledge on top of it. Right. And that's how you create a monster in a positive way versus going like, oh, shit, now I got to chip away at these beliefs. Oh, Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've been there too. I, we work with a lot of uh, DPT students, so physical therapy students, yep. and they always smart, smart, smart kids. You know, if you're in DPT school right now, you know, you've been the cream of the crop your entire life academically. But, you know, when it comes to coming out of school, when it comes to taking your first job or jumping into the entrepreneurial sector, opening up your own clinic right off the bat, you know, it definitely takes a special person. But there is something to be said about cultivating a young mind that is not yet biased, especially in our industry of health and wellness. Yeah, I mean, I agree with it 100 percent. And the thing is, like, I, you know, certain things I may may not say if uh if I didn't have, you know, 10 years of experience in, you know, working with people and, and, and building a team, <laughs> I might say something completely different. But, you know, going through it now, I'm like, yep, I, I definitely feel like, at least on my end, that I have the formula for, for what works. Uh, you know, and, and people, the thing is, like, you know, people grow and develop and, and they move on. And sometimes they don't, sometimes they do, sometimes they grow with you. But, uh, you know, there's there's nothing harder than putting a ton of energy like time energy and, and you know money finances all that into developing someone and you know two three years later it's like oh they weren't you know they weren't the right fit because you didn't spend the time on the attributes that i just mentioned earlier that are the foundation right because because there's so much energy that you put i mean at least personally and i know you know for you too it's like if you work with someone whether it's a client whether it's uh somebody on your team like you know i'm so passionate and purposeful about this stuff that i can't do it in a robotic way for me everything is like it's fire so yeah uh you know you get to a point where it's like shit i just put two three years 
into developing them. And, and then I believe them more than they believe in themselves. And you're like, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the strongest brands, you know, like a brand that you have, that niche that you've literally just carved out for yourself, you know, those things, uh, you don't want people to come in and you have to be their coach or you have to be, you know, somebody that they look at as a boss. It's an opportunity for mentorship. And if you take it upon yourself, you know, from a leadership position or even from a student's position and look at it as mentorship, you know, it's one of those things that's going to be a continuum of development. But then, you know, some of the best times are when you literally mentor uh, somebody for an extended period of time and then they go out and they just use all those skills and they create their own teams and it's almost like this mushroom effect from it you know it just gets very very cool with what you can do and the reach that you have you know developing people that are almost like your disciples exactly and, you know what I, the thing is that that's so powerful to a vigor you know and I, I explain it to my coaches I'm like look guys I go to all this stuff and I learn and I bring it back and we do instaps and it's not just you know it's not just training or uh, corrective stuff or nutrition stuff or you know it's marketing it's persuasion it's sales it's like influence it's uh, you know I mean we 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 go we cover everything so it's like this almost like this you know the best of all worlds mastermind and and now with the new building and bringing in people like you know uh, Dan Swinsco who's a guy we refer out to he's an amazing uh, physical therapist. And Dr. Petrilli, who's, you know, a Cairo and he does act release and all these different things. So I'm bringing all these different people in that in their own, you know, right are really, really smart. So now I'm just like, man, imagine how we're going to 10x where every day we're, we're masterminding and thinking and putting all these different things together. It, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? So th that's the way I, I look at, you know, business where you bring in joint venture with people uh, because everybody kind of like adds to uh, – like adds a ton of value, you know, from, from another area. So everybody just becomes better. And I think that there's too much stuff that's dissected, right? Cause people are scared of, um, I mean, and I'm sure you've seen this, right? Yeah. Like a personal trainer is like, fuck, I got to refer this person out to the PT. Then they're <laughs> going to pay the PT. Then they're not going to pay me. And if I send a massage, what, like it's this, you know, small minded thinking rather than going like, man, how do I best serve this client and make them, you know, reach their goals and, be happy and, and be fulfilled and stuff like that you know so most people will go out and come back and go like thank you so much for referring me that way i feel so much better i mean uh you know so, so you got to kind of keep the big picture in mind and you know both from like i said the client and for me with the team i'm like if i bring all these people in everybody grows exponentially on a daily basis and and you know that's the power of of having a a, a great team and also empowering them to do their own thing right so it's like you know we got guys that are almost you know veered to nutrition a little more and you know they're doing p you know they've done uh, pn level one and level two and they're going out and doing all this stuff then they bring it back and everybody on the team grows right so it's because because there's one person who can't just absolutely do everything i agree and when it comes down to it it's something we talked about before is that leadership and the confidence in yourself and what you bring to the table so say you're a strength coach or personal trainer if you're confident in your craft and your relationships with your clients the best thing you could possibly do is give them what they need at that any given time and if you want to develop relationships you know going multidisciplinary in your thought processes and how you can give the most to your client you know putting them into Cairo into physical therapy if it's warranted 
guess what? That's a two-way street. They're going to come right back and then some if you're developing these relationships. And that's big when you're trying to grow uh, you know, a clientele, a community around what you're doing because as soon as people start to buy in from the other you know, multidisciplinary practices around town, you know, then you got something special because all of a sudden they're not only referral sources but they're your biggest fans as well. Exactly. And it's, and, you know, that's how you develop the network. And then people start seeing, you know, that you do have the best interest in mind. And I mean, like, our, I mean, a lot of these guys that I, I work with, I mean, 20, 30% of their business <laughs> is referrals for me, you know, yep. uh, and, and I love it, you know, and I, there's no like, oh, if, if you refer, you get this. I don't, I don't care. I just care that they do a great job. Our people are happy. They come back. And I can communicate with them. So a lot of the stuff is, you know, I can call them up and go like, hey, what's going on with, you know, with Mary? And it's like, oh, she has femoral, you know, acetabular impingement. I think this, this, and this, and that. So we kind of like just troubleshoot, uh, you know, what to do, what not to do. And the program ends up being better. And the client, the one that wins, like, you know, there's no better way. Yeah, and developing those deep relationships, not the superficial shit where you know you don't communicate with a practitioner that you're working with if you're a coach, but something deep where you can literally get on the phone or in the perfect scenario be within the same walls and literally having conversations, you know, multiple times a day about the different people that you're co-managing. I think that is the future of health and fitness is having all these different people under the same roof, on the same team, working towards the same goals, but just bringing in different skill sets to complement one another. So I, I'm glad that you said that word, you know, the, the future of fitness, because that is exactly why, you know, people say like, well, why did you get the building? And it's like, yeah, it, you know, I, I got it for reasons of it just financially makes more sense uh, long term, you know, building equity, yada, yada, like it, it does from, you know, from that part. But the real reason for me was is like that I believe that this is the future. Uh, you know, it's it's the future like piecing together and bringing under the same roof where there's trust, where it's like, you know, me and the PT speak the same language. Me and the Chiron massage person speak the same language. It's not like you come to one place and they say one thing and they bash, you know, the other person. It's like it's all together. And, and it's not just that. It's also nutrition. It's also behavior change. It's also working on you know, breaking limiting beliefs, like all these pieces of the puzzle coming under one roof. And then we're truly there to empower transformation, you know, and empower people to be able to, to, to do it, you know, and when I say do it themselves, I mean, do it themselves, because when, once they leave the gym, you know, they, they have to be with themselves. Uh, you know, you only see them three, four hours a week, maybe, you know, if that, uh, and, and to be able to put that all in one place, you know, I, I do believe that's the future. And, and it's just like John Berardi said, like in five, you know, five, six, seven years, if you're just a personal trainer, you know, that that's good at the training side of things, like you will be a relic, like you'll be, you know, it, it it's going to be very tough uh, to be successful just doing that. Now, now, what's the transition for a trainer or a coach that wants to do more, thinks that they have the skill set to do something, you know, is jumping into business, owning your own gym, the next step? Is that the only step? I don't, I don't think so. Like, I, I think at this point in time, there's so many different possibilities, uh, you know, that, that there's two kind of like the pendulum swings two ways, right? One way is that people think that they should have, like, for instance, I'll just, you know, an example, like, oh, Luca, well, you bought a building, so that's what I should do too. And I'm like, no, maybe that will stress you the fuck out of your mind and you're going to want to kill yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those, like, that, that you respect someone 
and then you think that you should do the exact same thing that they did, you know. And I don't think that's true. You know, I, I think that you could kind of find, like, I'll, I'll just call it the voice. I'm going to kind of get spiritual here. But, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I think that a lot of people have so much noise from what everybody else is saying that they never listen to their gut, you know, their voice inside that says, do this, you know. And, and there's a voice inside that's telling me to do this because, it's, you know, it's, it's a humongous risk. It's like, you know, it's, this is at least a $2 million project. I mean, leveraging the shit out of stuff. I mean, it's just, just a lot of money and, and, a, and a lot of work and a lot of, you know, sacrifice. Uh, and some people would, would tell me like, look, you know, you're doing real well. You save up a bunch of money, yada, yada, yada. Like it would be easier if you just did this. But I'm like, yeah, but this is what my gut and the voice is telling me, right? And if you have to eliminate all the other shit to be able to hear your voice, which means, you know, what the industry is saying, what all the doubters are saying, what, you know, all your friends are telling you to do, just like shut all that shit out. And then usually you'll start kind of like hearing where you should go. Right. Um, and that may be a, you know, what we, a, a lot of the people that we coach now in business is like boutique studios, uh, you know, smaller, like, you know, semi-private personal training, small group training, uh, higher end, you know, great services, like completely fucking the opposite of what's happening in the industry with, you know, tons of, uh, you know, obviously boot camps and CrossFits that are like really low end uh, and they just try pack the numbers and there's no quality, right? So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Some of it is just like, you know, working a certain amount out of, out of another gym and then doing online stuff. I mean, there's so many options nowadays that, you know, anybody can be successful in, 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 in kind of like their own right. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they go like, I want to eventually open my own gym. But we've seen, you know, we've we've coached, coached hundreds of fit, uh, of fit pros in the last years. And, um, you know, some of them end up realizing like, man, you know what? That's not for me. And that's cool. That's okay. Right? I, I don't, I think sometimes it's a, it's a mistake to kind of put yourself in this, uh, I don't know, just in a, in a box and go like, well, this is the route that you should take. Uh I think if I think if you if you love, uh, you know, that you, you have to love the business side of things to a certain degree if you want to have your own gym. That's that's one thing I'll say, you know, if if you don't love the business side of things, you know, opening up your own place could be a mistake or you, or you got to partner with somebody that does love that shit, you know, and and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, too. Although I will say that partnerships can be very difficult. <laughs> in life and in business it's correct it's, it's like and it's, it's like marriage um not not anything against marriage but you know it's, it's definitely something you know you, you don't I, I see way too many people jumping into a partnership just because they believe it takes away the risk right right it's like shit if i go in by myself all the risk is mine i'll just go in with somebody else so that i lower the risk not because they're the right person just because i lower the risk Oh, and that's not a good idea. Yeah, I, n I never see that too because I hate when this stuff happens because they'll see a successful guy like you or, you know, people read my articles and, you know, see the things that I do in strength and conditioning with the DPT behind my name. And then ultimately, without even setting their own goals of where they want to be in 5, 10, 20 years with a career, it's like, well, I kind of have same interests and same credentials and the same background 
why don't I just do what you're doing? But in <laughs> actuality, it's like you got to figure it out for yourself. You know, like you said, the voice and the voice is so hard these days because sign on to Facebook any time of the day and you're going to see 100 people in your industry doing something and you're going to feel like you're left out half the time. And it's always pushing and grinding, but you never want to be pushing in a direction that's not going to fulfill your own goals. Like, I think that's so big because a lot of people just move in a direction, which is fine. You know, movement is good. But if you're not defining what you ultimately want, then the movement may be, you know, sideways instead of forward. Exactly. I mean, if you're sprinting towards a goal, but it's, it's down the wrong path, it's not really helping you out. And I think... So, you know, getting clarity, I think this is one of the one of the things that uh, are, aren't done like enough these days, like just getting clarity and to gain clarity. You got to tell the truth. <laughs> you got to tell the truth about where you are, you know, and where you want to go. And the thing is, is like, see, you got to spend time on that. I think sometimes people go like, OK, I'm going to sit down for 20 minutes and do that. And like, no, like <laughs> you got to fucking sit down sometimes. Like, man, I'm spending weeks you know, going over stuff and going like, all right, where am I at? Like, where do I really want to go? Because it, it's worthwhile doing that because otherwise, like, you're spending a lot of energy and time possibly going in a completely wrong direction. But if you get clear on what you want, now the path becomes clear. You're still going to have to do work. You're going to have to do a lot of work and there's going to be obstacles and so on and so forth. But at least you're like, man, I feel good, you know, about, like, having to overcome and, and you know, persevere because I know I'm going in the direction that I want to go. And of course, like in life, there's always, you, you know, I, if you ask me, shit, like, you know, 10 years ago, that I'd be have all these businesses that do uh, business consulting and teach marketing. And I mean, there's a lot of different things we're doing. So like, I'm, I'm probably going to get um, in a couple months, buy a coffee shop with, a, with another partner. But, you know, like, you, you, you never know where it's going to go. But the point is, if you get clear right now, then the next part of your journey is all about taking action and not about like, shit, am I even on the right track? Hmm. It is so true too. And I see it in any industry, but specifically the one that we're in in fitness is you don't necessarily get to pick exactly where you go and where you end up. But if you know kind of the direction that you want to lead and the ultimate goal, you know, you're going to have a lot of movement either way, but ultimately you're going to move into something that provides you an opportunity and you're going to cash out on that opportunity. You know, if you just decide that, you know, you're going to be the building biceps guy and just because you built your biceps or some bullshit like that, you know, that's not how it works. You know, you you put in career equity, you put in your knowledge base, your specific things that you've done in your career to gain knowledge and experience, and you keep on pushing forward to where you think you're going to go, but it always doesn't end up like that, and you're never going to always end up where you think you are, you know, five, ten years ago. You know, that's how it was for me. I didn't, I didn't think I'd be on a podcast like this or writing articles that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people read, you know, I, I thought I was going to be sitting in an office 50 hours a week and working on people, which is all well and good. But sometimes these opportunities provide themselves and you just roll with them. But if you have where you ultimately want to be, you know, you can make those decisions in a better process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's the thing, the clearer you are, I think, I think too, the clearer you are and the more deliberate practice you put in towards that goal, you know, I think better opportunities for you arise right it, rather than being scatterbrained because then everything becomes shiny object syndrome right i mean yeah it, it's almost like the path uh, narrows like if you're clear it's also easier to go like you know what 
this is in line with what I want to do. And like, nah, this is not. When you're not clear, then that's when people go like, okay, let me do some online coaching. Shit, you know what? Let me do these workshops. Ooh, I got an opportunity. And it's, and you're all over the place. And then your energy is just diluted and you don't get anything achieved. It's almost like in, you know, in strength training or in, in, in programming it, where somebody starts a program, they do two, three weeks, and then they you know read men's health. And it's like, ooh, there's this back building program. And they do that for three weeks. And then they do some conditioning shit. And it's like, ah, oh, man, my results are so-so. <laughs> they haven't followed anything for a good enough amount of time to actually see the result. Yeah, and in business, it's like that book, The One Thing. I don't know if you've read that one. Yeah, but awesome It's one of those things that if you can have a mission statement, if you can put your clarity down into a couple sentences and every decision you make, you ask yourself, does that get us closer to our mission? Like yes or no, it's an easy decision at the end of the day. You know, you're not sitting there twiddling your thumbs wondering if. You know, if you have a strong mission and you have strong goals set, then decisions ultimately should be easy, even though they're always not. That you know, that's another thing. Like when we talk about clarity, right? What you just said about like having a mission statement, uh, mission statement and values. And uh, and I kind of had a, a bit of a wake up call because I I felt that I always had a a pretty strong foundation in that. And then uh, not long ago, I brought in Mark Fisher, who's, who's awesome, by the way, and he did a, the Enter the Unicorn seminar. And, and a lot of it is about uh, around leadership and management and, you know, uh, kind of developing your mission statement and your values. And as I was going through that, I was like, man, you know what? I haven't actually dug deep enough on this. And for the last couple of months, it's what I've been uh, clearing up. So I'm, I'm pretty much like at the end of like, hey, here's all the values. Here's the mission. And it's crazy as I've chipped away at it and got to the, the, the true clarity of it, how much easier it is. And like I look back and I look at some of the mistakes I made even in just the last year or two and I go like, see, I didn't, I wasn't clear enough on this shit and that's why these things happen. And now that I'm clear, it's, you know, I know better on, you know, who to bring on the team, which direction I'm going. And I, and I, I say it like on all these webinars, I, I'll talk about them like, hey, you gotta develop your mission statement and your values. And I think people kind of just brush it off because it's like, ah, tell me about Facebook ads and how I can get leads. <laughs> tell me about high-end ticket sales. Da da da. And you know, and I'm like, shit. Like, I'm not saying this just to sound like cool. Like, when you get that down, it's it's like, man, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And when you know those things, it's a lot easier to go like, say yes and no to different stuff because you know whether it falls in line with your with your vision, with your mission, with your beliefs, with what you stand for. And it's like, nope, I'm not going to do this shit. Yep, I'm going to do this, right? Um, and, and it is that important. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that people like to skip over because the shiny object syndrome is like sales and money and profits and yada, yada, not understanding that, you know, if you don't have the, the mission and the values, you're kind of building on a rocky foundation. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And everyone always wants to know about marketing and lead generation and all this shit. Try putting your mission down and living your mission every day and then hop on a video because your mission is going to be so blatant to everyone who watches that video or reads that article that you're not going to have to hard sell anyone. You are the sales because your best marketing is what you truly believe in and something that you took a lot of time figuring out on your own. Exactly. And and, and that's the thing, right? Because essentially putting down your mission and your and your values is almost like finding yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody takes a couple of hours in a day and go like, oh, let me find myself. Ha! I got it. Like it's fucking 
you know, it's, it's, it's a process, but the clearer you, you know, you are about that and what, I mean, marketing, all it is, is communication. Like it's sharing your message. And obviously I'm not going to go crazy, crazy deep into that. I mean, we, we can, if you, <laughs> you let me know, but, um, but when you, you know, when you communicate those things, that's exactly what it is. People go like, wow, okay, this is what they stand for. This is what they stand against. Like, this is what they believe into the core. I like, I'm going to tune into them more, like, because you just attract what basically you put out. So, you know, that's why that's so important in, in this day and age, because it's so easy, you know, through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all these social media pl uh, platforms, you know, everything becomes white noise because there's so much of it. Like everybody's doing online coaching now, right? Hey, I got lean. I'm doing online coaching, um, <laughs> you know, so it, but and it's like so people get confused. So the only way that you can pierce, you know, through the white noise is one to stand really firm, you know, for what you believe in and what your mission is. And then obviously, you know, it's it's to learn the marketing ways, but you know, you gotta have that. Otherwise you're just another person that's just, you know, spilling a lot of stuff that is just white noise. Yeah, you said something so smart too. It's uh finding yourself. Like when you look at our industry, the heavy hitters in our industry, the guys that you can just count on to give great education, to just have spot on marketing that is authentic to them, they're usually not, you know, twenty two years old. They're usually 30, 40, 45. It took them a long fucking time to figure out what they're all about. And it's a process of doing that, getting the ball rolling and, you know, looking at yourself and then looking at your team if you have one and trying to express what you believe in is huge, but it does take time. It's not something that, like you said, you can figure out in 20 minutes, maybe 20 years for most people to really figure out what they're all about. And that's all about life too. And that's, you know, and, and if anybody says, you know, what's the best way to lead? And it's like, one, lead yourself first. I mean, yeah. you know, no matter what, you can read any leadership book on the planet. If you don't actually apply those things to yourself, right, which is first self-awareness and self-management, right? Because after you can, after you're self-aware and you can manage yourself, then you can be socially aware and, 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 and manage teams, right? And have empathy and compassion. You can't have it if you don't, if you're not in tune with yourself and can like see what you're doing and, and when you're about to pop off and you know, what are the things that are holding you back and being honest and, and real and raw and all these different things. Like, and, and that's why, you know, developing self is such an important thing in business because to lead, you have to first be able to lead and you have to be able to follow. And, you know, which I think is why it's so important to, to be in coaching programs yourself and masterminds and, uh, you know, like I said, to, to, to be led so that you can lead others. Um, and, and I think that's something that's not taken into account enough. Yeah, I mean, and I look at you as like a guy that has his shit together in this industry who is a leader. But I think it's important for everyone to know that you're still learning from a bunch of different people. You're in masterminds. You're learning from mentors still. You know, it's, you know, the game's not over now that you're, you know, you have this $2 million building and you're just having this built out team at Vigor Ground. You know, it's not over. It's just a start, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it never ends. And I think that's like, the point in time where, where um, you know, I used to stress a lot, man, like, uh, and I'm not saying I don't stress anymore because that'd be bullshit, <laughs> right? I'm stressing <laughs> a lot. But I would, I would like, be, uh, like, almost stress out to, like, constantly know more, right? Like, oh, I got to I gotta know all the stuff on this and I got to know all the stuff on that. And then at one point in time, I was like, man, like, you know what? This this shit never ends. Like, I, like 
I just started falling in love with the process. Like every day I study, every day I read, you know, I'm in like three, four different masterminds. I go through courses. I mean, I probably do, and, you know, not to be uh, exaggerated, but I, I, I don't know. I, I probably do just about more than anyone when it comes to like the combination of marketing and studying training and all these different things. But it's because I'm in love with the process. It's not this tedious thing for me. It's like it's one of the favorite things for me. Like I don't give a shit if you don't pay me a dollar. I'm reading books every day. I'm I'm studying courses because I'm just in love with knowing more. I'm just curious about you know how to help people better, like understanding the marketing psychology of, of, of how to do this, how to do that. And if you fall in love with the process, it just I don't know, just something something like real cool happens where it doesn't become this pressure on you, right? It's it, it's like when I used to be a kid and I was like, man, I go play ball and I lose track of time and, you know, it's six, seven hours later, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go home, right? That's kind of like how learning has become to me. It's like, oh man, I get to study now. You know, where most people are like, fuck, I gotta study this shit? Yeah. It's like when you get to a point where you're like, oh great, I get to learn more cool stuff, awesome. Like that's almost a break in a day for me, right? Um, and I, and I think that's a, a, an important factor where you don't create this stress and pressure around learning and becoming better. It, you know, should it be stressful to be, to become better? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> well, not if you have a vocation instead of a job, you know, many people out yes. there, they're just punching the fucking clock. But if you believe in your, what you're doing, you believe in yourself and where you want to be and what you want to do for people, you know, taking information and knowing that it's going to help your mission out that's huge and you know there's many people in our industry that love to read about training and all of this but i think there's a difference between you know selfishly looking at training business practice for yourself and then looking at it and how it can help people so if you can look at it as i am going to help my clients out i am going to make that mushroom effect with everyone who i come in contact with and i'm just going to be generating my knowledge base so i can be more diverse in my practices i think that's when it becomes easy you sit down and you're you're excited to read you're excited to study you know most of us weren't excited to study when we were in college right but then we figure it out like 20 years later and we're sitting there like nerd squad you know reading every single thing that we can get our hands on and that's, you know, and that's one of the, uh, it's interesting, right? I mean, I, I went to school in, in, in Slovenia and it's like very, very heavy on, uh, theory and a lot of, I mean, I mean, you gotta go through a lot, a lot of stuff. Let's just put it that way. So you'd fight it. And, and in school, I was not necessarily the best student, uh, more because I was like kind of bored from what, what I was studying. Right. But then when I fell in love with like, oh, this is the stuff that I do want to know. Right. It, it it, it was different. I wanted to read about it, right? So, so it's all about finding, uh, you know, finding what you want to do. And, and I'll kind of stop there. I don't know if you've read the book, uh, So Good They Can't Ignore You, right? Absolutely. It talks about deliberate practice. Heath? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and I, I do agree with the whole, like, passion hypotheses, right? You don't, you don't necessarily just fall in love with something right away because, look, when you suck at something, nobody likes that. When I sucked at <laughs> basketball, like, nobody picked me at it. I didn't. I wasn't passionate about it. I was pissed off. Like I was angry. I I started training hard because I didn't want to be the kid that gets picked last. I didn't want to be the kid, you know, that that got his shots blocked all the fucking time. Like it made me like furious. So I trained hard, hard, harder. And then as I trained and got better, I became more passionate about it. Like true passion, right? 
and, and it's the same thing with fitness. I think people kind of, or, 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 or certain business uh, aspects too, you know, you jump into it and it's like, oh shit, I've been doing this for like a year and, uh, right. And it's like, man, you, you got to get good at this stuff. And the better you get at it, the more curious you become, the more, you know, the more you want to explore and do shit. So, you know, I, I think that's important for people to know because I do get people going like jumping in and like, they'll do a three month internship and go like, oh, I'm not sure if this is for me. And, and I get it. I mean, like, you know, maybe it's not, but you can't really know until you don't actually get good at something, decent at something. Right. But man, that's a, that's a good place to end there because I think that was like the climax. That's a take home message right there. But before we have you go, uh, drop a line with where you can be found on social media, your website, all that stuff. So people can get at you. Uh, so for, for my gym, uh, you can find the website as Vigor Ground Fitness, so V-I-G-O-R, groundfitness.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. I post a lot, a lot, a lot of videos. That's probably my main thing now. Uh, uh, very edu- like educational, any, anywhere from you know 10 to 20, even 30-minute videos on all types of stuff that go through uh, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, same thing, Vigor Ground Fitness. Uh, also for uh, for my consulting business is uh, the packfitnessbusiness.com. Uh, so you know we we'll, we'll do a lot of blogging there and and videos. We run a lot of webinars talking about everything that you can imagine when it comes to you know sales, marketing, fulfillment, automation of your business. Uh, and just personally, Luca Hosovar, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, where else? Snapchat too. Gary V made me kind of convince me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm trying to be everywhere all the time, but yeah, you can uh, you can find me on all those uh, platforms. Yeah, make sure to hit that up, guys, because you know Luca's talking the training over on his one page, but the business side too on the other page on his business side. So get over there, educate yourselves on both aspects of this fitness industry, and do yourself a favor. Luca, man, I appreciate it. I know you're busy, but it was a pleasure, dude. A pleasure. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on here. It was awesome. All right, you got it. What a great episode today with my guest, Luca Hosevar. If you guys didn't take notes, go back, re-listen to this one, grab your pen and paper, and take down the notes that are most important to you and your goals in life. So whether it be business, building leadership skills for your team, or finding your niche in the fitness industry, you better go back and get this stuff down on paper. And while you're at it, head over to iTunes and hit us up with a five-star review. These things really help building the Strength Doc Podcast, and it keeps us bringing on the best guests in the fitness industry. Until next week, guys, I'm Dr. John Russin with the Strength Doc Podcast, hosted by UpDoc Media.